Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Hello and welcome to Artists of New England. This is your host, Laura Castanari-King. Today I have an honored guest, Debbie Mueller is here with us and we're going to interview her about her late blooming art career as she likes to call it. So Debbie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, so I, I always ask everybody, how did you become a New Englander? Well, I was born in New England. Okay. I was born in Dover Foxcroft, Maine, which is way up there. Wow. Um, my dad was um, stationed in the Air Force there. And uh, uh, so, but I only lived there for six months. And then I grew up in the um, suburbs of New York City, mm -hmm. um, but then have been in New England ever since. I went to college and uh, medical school in Connecticut. I uh, did my medical residency in um, Rhode Island. And then I've worked in Massachusetts and Connecticut and now New Hampshire. Lovely. So I, I am a New Englander. You are a New Englander. Great. Wonderful. So I think you have such an interesting um, path to art, starting with your parents, who were both, one was a, mom was an artist and dad was a crafter, as you say. Yeah. So tell me about yeah. that. So my up. mom has always painted, really mostly for her own pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, in the last few years, she's had... Um, a few pieces that have been um, shown in shows or, or galleries. But for the most part, it was very intermittent for her and really just for her own enjoyment. Um, the walls of their home are just covered with her artwork. <laughs> uh, and they live on the Cape, so there's lots of mm -hmm. natural beauty around them that she likes to, to so paint. So she's a landscape? Um, yeah, primarily, primarily. Uh, landscape. Um, and now actually some abstract as well. She's gotten oh. into that in the last few years. Oh, cool. Um, and then my dad was like, I don't have any artistic talent. I'm just a crafty <laughs> guy. And so, uh, he and I took pottery classes together when I was in high school and he's done, um, stained glass work, making, um, uh, various stained glass pieces as well as beautiful kaleidoscopes. Um, wow. and, uh, and so as I was growing up, it was abundantly clear to me that I had my dad's genes. Okay. I did not feel like I had any ability to make marks, to draw or to paint. And, um, what I felt like I could do was pottery and I took some photography classes and I did some mosaics, but definitely, um, my story was that I had no artistic talent. <laughs> So which of those three, the photography, mosaics, and uh, the pottery, what stuck with you through? Well, I've through done pottery um, uh, intermittently, uh, um, and then as recently as just a, a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, I really enjoy it, but as a little bit of a controlling person, it's very <laughs> frustrating that there are so many opportunities for things to go off the rails that are outside your control. Oh, so um, culminating in an event where I had made this large and beautiful heart-shaped bowl yeah. and set it on the shelf under loosely wrapped plastic to dry for the, the week before I trimmed it. And I came back and it was demolished. A mouse had gotten into it oh. and tore through the oh. pot. And 
so that was frustrating. Oh, but photography, in the end, I feel like now as a painter has served me incredibly well because I learned a lot about design from mm-hmm. photography. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the same kind of thing as plein air painting. You're looking at the full outdoor world and you have to select what your story is going to be so about. So I have to say that, yeah, I can see that because for me when I started, the hardest thing was catching the view. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so if you've got the eye that's trained to find it, I can see that. Yeah. Because, you know, Todd gives us the viewfinder and we're all going like this. <laughs> so I think there's something that's sort of like it's almost like a zing when you see the right mm. thing. Um, uh, and it excites me. And um, what wasn't great with photography is that the uh, Lightroom and those kinds of programs, they just uh, I'm not good with that. Mm. So uh, so this is good. <laughs> Great, great. So how did you get out the paintbrush? Where did the connection happen? It was by accident. It was, I am, there are no other ways. I am an accidental painter. Um, Two years ago in February, we were visiting my parents who were spending the winter in Sarasota. And uh, it was not a great vacation. Um, My kids were crabby and um, we were a little tight on space. And um, having trouble finding things to do. And then one day it was just raining and there was just nothing we wanted to do. And in a very sort of, um, helpless way, my mother looked up at me and said, I have some paint here. Do you want to paint a picture? You're kidding. <laughs> and my first instinct was actually to say no, because yeah. it didn't really sound very appealing to me, but I honestly had nothing better to do. Used up all my life so on Candy Crush. So you into a corner. I backed into a corner. I, um, I she pulled it. out some acrylics and I had a photo that I had taken the day before of a pretty kind of, um, uh, uh, dusk sky uh, reflecting into the water at this restaurant that we were at. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, basically copied my photo using acrylic paint and it was actually not a horrible painting. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, when we were done, I was like, that was kind of fun. Yeah. So the next day it was sunny, but I still said, could we do another one? Yeah. So I found a photo of some flowers and I painted that. And when I got back home, I thought, I think I'd like to do this some more. So I went to Michael's knowing that I wanted to use more than just a few colors. I bought the 48 color box of acrylic paint because I had no idea that you could mix colors Um, and went to YouTube Uh and found a beginning painting lesson and copied this cherry with its shadow and and just started from there. And then Mm -hmm. I started mining my photos for things that spoke to me from a subject or design standpoint and started painting and I was hooked. Wow. It is a, it is kind of obsessive once it catches on, right? It is. It's completely obsessive. So when you started, I mean, did you start maybe weekly or was it more than that? Oh, it was more than that. I mean, um, I work full time. I'm an obstetrician gynecologist and I take night call. Fresh um, in from a delivery, I might add. <laughs> in my scrubs. Um, uh, so it doesn't always work out that I can paint every day. Um, but I try to paint almost every day because I just want Since to. that time? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So you hit the I've, ground I've, running. I've, yeah. And I, I don't spend 
with with a few exceptions, I don't spend a huge amount of time on any one painting. Yeah. Um, I might spend on certain ones, you know, eight or ten hours, but mm -hmm. I'm not spending hundred hours on a painting. Okay. So I've I've painted a lot of paintings, which yeah. is I think why I've been able to progress. It's just right. there's there's um, there's a lot of painting, and I've studied. So yeah. I took classes at um, Artstream in Rollinsford with um, Susan Schwake, and then. Um, I've taken a couple classes with Tom Glover and um, Pamela DeLong Williams and a class with David Lucier um, and then workshops with a number of people, including um, Todd Benita and uh, Stan Muller and just uh, uh, recently uh, with Timothy Horn, who's mm -hmm. sort of my painting yeah. idol. So, so this is great. You've had a lot of experience with um, teachers. What kind of things do you look for and what are the best kind of teaching helps that teachers can give? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think that every teacher offers something very different. Mm -hmm. And I can't say that there's been anybody that I haven't gotten something from. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Oh, I didn't mention, I'm also studying now with Sean Beavers just in the last um, kind of semester. Um, and so with some of them, it's a little more nebulous. It's the feeling behind a painting mm -hmm. or, um, or even just like Tom Glover's just a wealth of knowledge about, um, art history and, and, mm -hmm. and picking that up from him. You know, other teachers are very, very, um, practical or sort of traditional. Sean is very traditional, started by painting a sphere and light. And so mm -hmm. really going back to, mm -hmm. to the basics, yeah. um, and so from each person, there's something, you know, that you can take away from it. And so I, I feel like I've advanced under each each one of them. Sure. Um, with Tim, it's exciting, Tim Horn, because what I love most about his artwork is just the way that he captures the effect of sunlight. Yeah. And the paintings that I've done that resonate most with me and that feels like my direction also do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So Nice. Very good. So how about... Um, artists living or dead that have inspired you greatly by their works so I'll, I'll start with Tim for sure um, I also really like um, the work that Peggy Kroll Roberts does mm -hmm. and her work is very different than Tim's it's a lot more abstracted in a way mm -hmm. but it's still that looking at shadow and light um, and um, and really emphasizing those in terms of value, and sometimes with her work, even in terms of different colors. Okay. So um, uh, I really um, enjoy enjoy her work as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I really like um, uh, Stan Muller's work mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he's a local local guy, and yes. um, and so that's part of it. But um, uh, some of his work blurs this wonderful way between sort of abstract and realistic some of his pool paintings oh, yeah. that just sort of just beautiful ah uh, just love them yeah so what about the masters Are the masters <laughs> well i have I to just go to those dead shout ones. <laughs> out to hopper um i hopper painted on cape cod a lot mm -hmm. and um and so certainly i feel i my parents moved there because we had vacation there all the time that i was growing up so I feel a connection to that area, and so I see that. But there's just when whenever someone says, "Oh, your paintings look like," mm -hmm. it's always Hopper, okay. and it's weird because I never think about saying I want to paint like Hopper. Okay. It just I paint like I paint. Yeah. But there's there's a 
There's some similarity there. Mm. So anyway, yeah, I'm inspired so, by him. Okay, great. Perfect. So let's talk a bit about your process, your current process, and how about plein air? When did you get into plein air painting? Because that's a whole other world. Plein air is so hard. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, it's wonderful. So I think it's the whole, like, painting from a photo versus painting from life. And and I get it. I mean, the color information mm -hmm. that I feel like I can get when I'm outside is so much richer than what I can get from a photo. I mean, we live in New Hampshire, though. <laughs> it's cold, and I am not that intrepid person that's going to go out when it's 20 degrees and <laughs> yeah. um, and paint outside. So I'm, uh, I'm comfortable, you know, with the idea that I'll do both. Um, I did my first plein air painting right here in Portsmouth um, off Pierce Island. Um, and it was a real... Uh, uh, eye opener because I developed my composition. I had a bridge and a house and an island, and by the time I finished, the island was gone. Oh, <laughs> there was no more island because the tide had come in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was um, that was a good lesson. Um, but um, well, it's it, for me when you go out, it's there's maybe overstimulation. Yeah, there's so much to take in, and boy, to be jumped. Jumping in at Pierce Island. Wow. <laughs> you got a lot to look at. It was at. just where I was. I think my daughter was working at Prescott Park that Oh, so you summer, just went out on I, your own. I just, oh, yeah. No, okay. I just went out on my okay. own and, and, and did it. Brought in my big uh, Julian oh, French easel yes. that was super heavy. Yeah. So I couldn't travel far with that. Um, and then really my first introduction was um, Todd Benita's um, workshop on um, on Hegan. Oh, and so nice. that was very helpful. Todd's so great at communicating yes, just those basic steps. This mm -hmm. is how you start. This is, you know, mm -hmm. and his process is very good for me mm -hmm. um, to the idea of drawing in your design and looking at values. Mm -hmm. And um, it's very concrete, which is kind of the way my brain works. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that's been helpful. What's made me, I think, um, better is approaching it with the idea that they're that I'm not going out there to make a finished painting. Yeah. I'm going out there to have a good time mm -hmm. and and find the color cues and 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 appreciate what I've seen. And then maybe half the time I have something that mm -hmm. I can either be happy with or more frequently spend a little more time on sure. at home to make it to the point where, where I'm happy. There's little things that, um, that you want to correct. Um, but as, as time goes on, I'm, I think it's working a little more mm -hmm. often. So, so your process is that you basically sketch in something first. I know you put, you have a great Instagram account too. So people oh, follow thanks. her on, what's it called? It's, um, the late bloomer artist the late bloomer artist, or Debbie Mueller art. Too. Okay. So, so you do a good job of, um, for our listeners, tell us how, what your process is, because I kind of know from your, your pictures and things. That so I would say that it's still a little bit in evolution as I learn. I am, mm. you know, I've only been painting two years. I'm certainly not ready to say this is how I'll do it forever. Sure, but in general, what I find really helpful, um, which is something that I um, really started learning from David Lucier, is the idea of um, doing an underpainting in a, mm. um, in a warm um, often complementary um, color that has the different values. So essentially, it's it's a monotone of my finished painting. Maybe not with all of the detail, okay. but with most of it. But what I really like using is a paint color by Gamblin called Transparent Orange. I just uh -huh. love the way 
that orange vibrates underneath the painting. Mm -hmm. And then my goal is to try to let a little bit of it show through here and, okay. and there when so I'm done. So I have to ask, we are here at the gallery recording, the series yeah. gallery. Yeah. The big one back there. Is that what you did with that? Um, yeah. So um, oh, behind so Laura and I is a 36 by 48 inch um, painting of my favorite building, which is the Lighthouse Keeper's yeah. house on Monhegan Island. You have to come see it before it sells. And I, <laughs> I have painted that building probably six or eight times yeah. now. It it has lots of different buildings um, attached to it. So there's all these unusual angles. And then in sunlight, there's also these just exquisite shadows. Mm. And if you look really closely, the shadows are not all the same um, value. They vary in their value and even a little bit in their color. And so um, I find that I learn a lot from painting it kind of over and over again. It's sure. always a slightly different view or, or focus. Um, but yeah, so that big painting, I, um, I, I did use a grid to draw it because mm -hmm. I feel like with that kind of architectural thing, being off a bit is mm -hmm. really going to show. So yeah. I want it to be accurate. So I put a grid on my photo and transferred it to the big canvas with a pencil. Okay. And then I went and I painted it all in this transparent orange. So just almost a light wash on the lightest values, like in the sky uh, and on the white part of the building, and then going to pure paint like yeah. in, at the darkest area yeah. um and then for instance like in the in the grassy area i let lots of that orange show through mm -hmm. to kind of neutralize the greens of the um of the grass yeah it's it's beautiful i did see that and i thought wow this look at this a tiny bit peeking through here oh wait there's more here is that is it or isn't it you know <laughs> sometimes i actually like the paintings best at that point yeah there's a painter you talked about who inspires me there's a painter named charlie hunter he's from vermont okay. and most of his paintings are a single color they're sort of essentially what other people would call underpaintings but he goes well beyond that with mm. these wonderful um drips and effects and things like that wow. um anybody who's interested should look up charlie hunter that's very cool so, so you don't need color yeah <laughs> how do you find subjects what um these days, because I know you, you are out painting more too, yeah. so not just from your photos. So um, when, uh, it, this is something that I had asked um, Tim Horn. So I attended the um, plenary convention in Santa Fe recently, and he was one of the faculty members. Mm -hmm. And there was a day that we were um, painting um, at uh, a place called Shimayo. And he happened to walk by me and I was really curious what he had seen that he was interested in. Okay. Anyway, yeah. so, so, but the response that he gave generically in his workshop is, and this is, I think what I look for too, is that he's looking for these um, interesting shapes of value. So the darks mm -hmm. versus the lights. And, um, and so I find that I'm trying increasingly to train my eye not to see, oh, that's a house and that's a tree, right. but to see the shadow shapes, essentially, mm -hmm. and to look and see how they are configured within a scene. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's surprising what becomes attractive or beautiful. I know. I yeah. actually am working on a painting now that's just a picture of the laundromat in our town, mm -hmm. but the light on it is really interesting, yeah. and the shadow shape is really interesting. So yeah. it's a little too soon to say, but yeah. I think... Um, yeah, I... It is amazing to, well, for instance, even to go out with Todd and he'll be looking, I'll say, what is he even seeing over there? And then he creates this masterpiece with, yeah. you know, a little hill and a tree. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's really. I think that's, I, I, I'm not where I want to be on that at all yet, because I think we've all seen 
these amazing paintings of like a gas station yeah, or something yeah. that's so <laughs> mundane. And mundane, I guess that's right. what I would say is that my eye is really drawn towards something where the subject itself might be mundane, but the effect of the light is what's um, drawing me in. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I'm responding to, I think increasingly are things that um, where there's some nostalgia mm -hmm. where you look at something and you're like, Oh, that's, I remember that from my childhood mm -hmm. or um, something like that. So mm -hmm. I'm, I think about that as I look around for yeah. things. That's nice. Oh, so as an artist, what is your personal definition of success? Which may change, of course. Yeah, and, and there's a few things. I mean, fundamentally, it's being able to see my work improve. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the cool thing about Instagram. Like if I go back yeah. to whenever I started or even in the photos that I've never yeah. posted, yeah. I, I, I really can see progress as, as yeah. time goes on. And that's a good feeling. Um I heard on another podcast, someone said, if, if no one ever saw your work, mm. would you still paint? Yeah. And Good I think I, I would, I feel like I fall in love with each painting as I do it. And so there's a, it gives me a very good feeling, but I, I'd probably be lying if I said that other people's opinions didn't matter. Mm -hmm. And right. so I think some version of success is also, um, being able to sell work it's a wonderful yeah. feeling when a stranger sees it your is. work and it says is. i love this yeah. um and um supplies are not cheap so it's a good feeling to get feel some like reimbursement like <laughs> like you might strive for breaking even and yeah. um and then just you know sort of growing professionally getting um uh it was a great feeling to be um drawn into the new hampshire art association mm -hmm. and then i was recently also accepted into the um art guild of the kenny bucks yeah. so those are okay, so I have a question for you because how do you get all this done? <laughs> a full-time job, you have two two kids? Three. Three kids. I have three kids. So full-time um, job. Uh, how do you get all this done? I am doing less laundry than I used to. <laughs> um it can wait. And I'm not really doing a lot of other things. I yeah. don't watch television yeah. anymore. Yeah. The reading that I'm doing is mostly art reading now. Um and and so it's, it's, you know, I come home from work and I, you know, clean up from dinner or whatever. And then I usually will paint for a couple of hours. Before. Yeah. So do you have your own space at the house that you can leave everything set up <laughs> or are you up or down? With well, I have a space where I can leave everything set up, but it's not really my own space. Yeah. We have a sort of an open sort of kitchen, eating area, living room. And <laughs> there's about three feet between the eating yeah. area and the living room that my easel fits into nicely. And the, the French easels have a little kind of shelf on the back. Yeah. And I've got most of my stuff kind of stuck right there. Um, well, that's kind of cool because then you're with the family, yeah. per se. Yeah. 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 So I think it would be really hard if I had to go out to a studio at this oh, point yeah. in my life. Oh. I really love having yeah. everything right there. Yeah. So that's really great. Yeah. Um, social media, you do a really great job with that. Are you just naturally tech savvy or, or do you call the kids? <laughs> no, I mean, um, you do a really good job. Thanks. I do the, um, Instagram page for series gallery as well mm -hmm. as my own. And I am not super tech savvy. I, um, have been, um, uh, still ignorant about putting up stories and things like that. Um, yeah. But, um, well, the consistency is just, you're there. I think that's every day. You're part of it. Something. Everything that I've read about art marketing, um, 
talks about repetition and consistency. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, especially for the gallery, I try my best to try to post every single day um, so that people see it. It's, it's growing. Um, for my own artwork, I'm cognizant of people make recommendations about, you know, yes, you should post every day, but you also shouldn't post work that's incomplete or, mm. or occasionally I'll put an underpainting yeah. up because yeah. I think it looks good as is, right. but um, you know, something that's kind of then halfway done, yeah, I'm not <laughs> posting that. So I'm, maybe a you know, series of beginning, middle, end or something. Yeah. Once it's all done sort of yeah. so people can see the process, but um, so it, it's, uh, so that's what I do. Mm. I, I wouldn't call myself tech savvy though. Definitely not. I, oh, I would. Okay, so uh, you just started a uh, blog, or something, no, a newsletter. Yeah, newsletter? yeah. So um, uh, at this plenary convention, mm -hmm. um, every morning starts with um, Art Marketing Boot Camp with Eric Rhodes. And, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> he is uh, a force to be reckoned with, um, and he's been very successful in his venture. So we went to that. And I listened to some other podcasts and things, and people talk about the fact that um, – that a newsletter is the one form of communication that's in your own control. You know, mm -hmm. if you think about it, mm -hmm. Facebook has their algorithms. Yeah. Instagram is owned by Facebook. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes he gave a statistic that 2% of what you post on Facebook gets seen by your friends. Yeah. And so you don't really know who's getting a look no, at, at what you, you put out there. And then you think, oh, so-and-so didn't even notice or like, and it's, well, they never saw they it. They never saw it, exactly. <laughs> so with a newsletter you really can control, you know, the message and the audience and everything. So um, I just started using um, MailChimp, which is, you know, free. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I've had a website for a while, DebbieMuellerArt.com. Mm -hmm. um, and so I put on there a link to a newsletter. And so once a month, I'm sending out a newsletter with just kind of what I've been doing. I mean, I talked about the uh, plenary convention and, um, and then this month I have a lot of things going on and talked about that a little bit. So I've just sent out two um, two copies so far. Yeah. Um, and then I put, post some paintings as well. Yeah. So before, and I do want you to talk about your upcoming events and things. Um, but before that, I do want to say that I get a lot of newsletters and such in my inbox and I do read yours Good for the main reason oh, thanks. that you keep it very short and concise and nice pictures. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe even just as a suggestion to listeners, that's the way to go. It's, you know, I can get in there and find, Boom, 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 the information, a few pictures. It's great. It's, yeah. I know that I'm not going to be in there too long, so I open it. Good. Oh, I'm so glad. That's great feedback. Yeah, so you're doing yeah, a great I'm job just there. still learning, but um, yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's good advice. Too. Yeah, so tell us what's coming up. You do have some things. This so this has been such a, a, a busy month. So um, obviously I have artwork um, here at the series gallery. Um, I uh, work at Frisbee Memorial Hospital, mm -hmm. and they have an employee art show in their lobby this summer. Oh, cool. So I put a couple of paintings um, up there as well. Mm -hmm. um, every summer, the New Hampshire Art Association has an exhibit at the Sheaf Warehouse, which is at Prescott Park. Mm -hmm. So I have two paintings that I'll be delivering there. Uh, then uh, the Art Guild of the Kennebunks has three shows, mm -hmm. um, the first of which is mid-June. Uh, in Kennebunkport. So I have a couple of paintings that will be going to that as well. And then there is a, um, a gallery and framing shop in South Berwick called Emporium. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
uh, a friend of mine uh, went in there to have a painting frame that um, I had given her as a uh, as a gift yeah. uh, and the women that own the shop were like oh this is really nice work who did this wow. and um, they had approached me to participate in a group show that was taking place this summer so um, about a month ago I contacted them to find out how many paintings they want and the answer was 20 what? so it wasn't a group show it was a solo show I see so <laughs> after a few moments of panic I'm uh, like oh my gosh how am I going to get this together I um, you set up two easels in the pedal to the room. metal I did actually I have two easels now the couch is being pushed into the corner working a little extra and so oh, I'll wow. have a um, solo show this summer of summer themed artwork um, that will be um, opening on June 22nd and running um, through most of August um, at Very Emporium nice. Framing and Gallery in South Berwick. Very nice. So yeah, this is a lot. That's exciting. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So um, last, maybe towards the end, last question. Where do you see yourself in five years with painting? What's your oh gosh. Well, goals here? five years is probably um, pretty close to the time that I would hopefully retire from my, my full-time job. Mm -hmm. My um, youngest daughter is graduating high school tomorrow oh. and will be heading off to college. And I think once she is um, done with her education and uh, hopefully we've got everybody launched and, <laughs> and set, um, would be a good time to, um, to be able to retire. So I absolutely see myself as a full-time painter. Um, full-time meaning that's how I'll spend my time. Yeah. I don't know that by that point I would be able to derive, uh, you know, significant income from it. It's so hard to say, mm -hmm. but I get so much pleasure from painting that mm -hmm. that's the idea of painting all day, every day. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's just, um, kind of a dream come true. Um, I'd like to be able to show my work in other galleries besides Portsmouth to mm -hmm. be able to expand a little bit mm -hmm. geographically. And, um, and maybe do some teaching. I've yeah. done some teaching on and off, not in art, um, but I've actually, most of the um, EMTs and uh, advanced EMTs that get um, certified in this county have learned how to deal with emergency childbirth from me. Oh. And so <laughs> I do a great um, oh, three-hour lecture about... I think about if you can teach someone how to birth a baby, you can emergencies. teach someone how to birth a painting. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I really enjoy that. And so... You know, certainly I'm not at a point in my career where I um, should be teaching anything other than beginners, but I yeah. really love the idea of um, turning more people onto art. I share my story mm. all the time because I think most painters meet people who say to them, oh, I wish I could do what you do. And my answer to them is you probably can. Yeah. You just don't know what's inside you because I never would have thought I had this inside me. Right. So I love the idea of taking people who don't think of themselves as having any artistic ability yeah. and being able to show them that just by kind of doing a few relatively simple things, they can create something that they're happy mm. with. Now, what about your own kids? Have you tried to give them a little nudge at all? No, <laughs> my, um, my kids, um, they all have artistic sides to them. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, my oldest daughter has a lovely singing voice. My middle daughter is a dancer mm -hmm. and my youngest daughter is getting ready for a life in theater. Wow. Um, but none of them seem to have much interest in yeah. visual arts. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what about travel and retirement? Do you think you might want to travel and paint plein air? I do. I, um, my, uh, my husband and I have not 
traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, our oldest daughter has autism and that's limited our, um, our opportunities a little bit during these years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for sure, um, I think both of us want to see the world and travel. And I think one of the best ways of taking in a new environment is to paint it. Yeah. I think you experience it on such a deep yeah. level, an intimate level, when you observe it so carefully as to paint it. Um, and so we've sort of navigated the idea about sort of, he's very happy spending some time on his own. So maybe I paint in the mornings mm-hmm. and then we do things together in the afternoons, but mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely. We'd love to do that. Yeah. Great. So as we close, give us your best nugget of advice for our, our listeners. Um, paint. Just do it. it. Just do it. Find the beauty that's in the world all around us Mm -hmm. and um, just do it. And keep going. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and for all that you're doing here, especially at the gallery, bringing all these babies into the world. So exciting. Mm -hmm. You you do have to, listeners, come down to the gallery and see this large painting of the Monhegan. What's the building I think it's the lighthouse keeper's the lighthouse house. Keeper's house. There you go. Yeah. Got to come see it. Yeah. All right. Thank Thanks, you for Debbie. having me, Laura. Okay. Bye bye. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. You got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.